This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite giant cinematic monsters! Hello and welcome to a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John Rooney. And this week, in advance of a next week's episode, we'll be talking about the 2002 Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey, Dragon Palooza, Reign of Fire. We're going to be discussing our favorite cinematic giant monsters. Now, we have done a previous minisode uh, way, way, way back when. You probably don't remember it. I know we don't. I don't uh, know why we're bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like we could have avoided this whole situation by just letting it recede into the mists of time. John, I operate only on full transparency. <laughs> nice. For example, that's why my pants are clear right now. <laughs> Gaze upon my penis! Yeah. yeah. You really went out of his way. These yeah. are custom-made transparent yeah. pants. Yeah, yeah, I went to the 70s to get them. <laughs> I was wondering why there was goldfish swimming in the cuffs. <laughs> so this week, we're going to be discussing our uh, favorite cinematic giant monsters, your kaiju and whatnot. Uh, so uh, let's get down to business. Brass tacks, if you will. Patrick, we're saving you for later. John! <laughs> What's your favorite giant cinematic monster? Uh, so, uh, my favorite... I, I don't know if I can name a specific monster from this movie to be one above the all, but I will say that the kaiju in Pacific Rim yeah. are all expertly designed and wonderfully executed. Oh, nice. Uh, there are all these bizarre Cthulhu-inspired ancient sea creatures that come out from a parallel dimension, and they are just fucking rad. Yeah, they're absolutely, they've all got, they're all like weird, like they got strange angles and, you know, like beaks and like they sh- shit radiation. And they look truly EMPs. alien. Yeah. You know, they do not look of this earth, uh, which just, it melds really well with the whole East-West aesthetic that the movie is going for, where like the giant robots are very like bulky mech kind of like chunky Gundam style robots and the monsters are very much like... Godzilla, kaiju, sleek, weird alien things, and uh, one of them gets hit in the face with a giant boat. Yeah! yeah. That's one of the things I love about that movie, and we'll definitely uh, get there someday, uh, is that that scene, you have, like, the Jaeger picks up this boat, and then just, like, drags it along the street Yeah, like it's a piece of pipe. <laughs> like, needlessly tearing yeah. up concrete, only to pick it up like a baseball bat and hit a monster in the goddamn face with it. Upon which it shatters in half and just crumbles to pieces. Yeah. It's incredible. And then the monster, like, you could see slow-mo, like, its face just, like... You know, distorting around the ship like a tooth comes out. It's so awesome. Yeah. And I, since we're talking about giant monsters, John, I think one of the things we'll have to talk about here is the destructive capability of these giant monsters. Now, these kaiju in Pacific Rim, they're pretty powerful, am I right? Absolutely. Uh, they're classified like weather events. You've got, you know, Class 5 kaiju, which are kind of like the middle of the ground huge they'll fuck up a city but then you've got the class 10 kaiju at the end which like if that thing makes landfall it's wrecking up an entire continent right mm-hmm. yeah i so yeah i mean these things lay waste to entire cities uh like there are parts you see almost like accidentally again that like lovecraft inspiration of like they're not necessarily malicious or acting out of malice they just have no concept of humanity right except yeah. they are acting out of malice we know that from the movie 
No. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. Not the parts I can't remember. Yeah, because remember Char- fucking Charlie from It's Always Sunny? <laughs> like, jams a little stick into his brain, and he does the little drift thing with the monster. And he's like, oh, they want to wipe us out. They do, Their plan is yeah. the same as the plan is the aliens in Independence Day. <laughs> okay, they come here, steal our resources, and then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just in the way that they engage in combat. Right. They just, they all they need to do is, like, walk through a city and it crumbles. Sure. I mean, the same thing could be said about any giant kai, like Godzilla or your King sure, Kongs yeah. or whatnot. I guess they seem le- like Godzilla with, like, his atomic breath and stuff like that. He's clearly there to fuck shit up. Yeah, these, these guys are a little bit more... They're like, it's almost like Cloverfield, like a scared yeah, animal yeah. kind of like uh, like getting into a corner. And that might be a ploy from the other dimensional alien whatever things setting to make it appear that way yeah. so that they gain the audience's sympathy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a real movie. Sure. It's a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All uh, right. And I, I particularly love that there's a winged kaiju that actually pulls a Jaeger into the stratosphere only to be stabbed by a special manga sword. Yes. <laughs> plummeted back to Earth in just a fucking cool-ass sequence. Isn't one of the kaiju from Pacific Rim, Guillermo del Toro's design for what Smaug would have been? The Class 10 kaiju that they fight at the end underwater was a concept art that Guillermo del Toro had when he was originally signed on to direct The Hobbit as just two movies. Right. And this is the crazy one where he like made the throat like all work and stuff. Or tried to. And it's a fucking cool-ass dragon design. Yeah, the monsters are really great. Like, it's incredibly original. I love that film. It's Mm. real good. What I love about that movie is that movie gives you a whole movie in its beginning credit sequence. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's awesome. I mean, that movie promised you... Two things. Giant robots, giant monsters. And it delivered. And I love how the pilots for the giant robots are all basically Street Fighter characters. Um, absolutely. They're all it's just amazing. stereotypes, and it's great. <laughs> oh. And of course, Idris Elba, today we are canceling the apocalypse. So good. <laughs> Stacker Pentecost. I can't... I can't... Uh, the names in that movie are so great. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the for Pacific Rim 2 to see John Boyega's young... Oh, Definitely. Like, son of Pentecost, yeah, yeah. son of Elba. <laughs> I just, my, the only thing is, and maybe this is a spoiler alert, but I hope they figure out a way to work in uh, Ron Perlman's fully equipped shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Mark, I'm going to save you for later. Patrick, <laughs> what is your favorite giant cinematic monster? Uh, you know, this is a really tough choice. It's kind of between two. And I'll mention both, actually. My, I want to go with Mothra. Because Mothra is huge and goofy and no, not scary. No, Mothra at all. is normal person size, and she <laughs> leads the rebellion, dude. <laughs> you may think she's real tall because she's standing real close to the camera, but she's the same size as all the other people. <laughs> While being a giant butterfly, you, mom. you you ran up to the theater screen as a child <laughs> to compare heights with Mon Mothma, and lo, did you find your own height wanting? <laughs> This is in the face of Mom Mothra. But as I was thinking, oh man, what a great goofy monster, it occurred to me there is a king of giant goofy monsters. And at the hazard of suggesting this in a previous post, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah! The sure. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. The what Stay I love Puff. about the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is as a child, I didn't get that it was a joke. 
Right. You, know? <laughs> you have no idea. You're like, oh, shit, that big marshmallow thing's going to fuck up everything. <laughs> and then as an adult, idea. you're like, what an insane idea <laughs> yeah. that anyone did. It's so great because if you, if you don't recall Ghostbusters, uh, first of all, get a life yeah. asshole and sure. watch Ghostbusters. It's yeah. terrific. It holds I, up really well. Them. Yeah. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, if you don't recall the end of Ghostbusters, uh, the Ghostbusters themselves are given the choice to choose the form that the Destroyer will come. Right. Goza the Destroyer. And they try to wipe their minds, and poor Ray just can't do it, uh, because all he ever thinks about is marshmallows (laughs) and aliens who gave us vodka. He tries to, yeah, his character, he tries to think of a harmless thing that would never destroy us, and he remembers camping as a young child. Yeah. And toasting marshmallows on an open fire. Yeah, cut to a 200-foot-tall marshmallow sailor just stomping around New York. Look, he's a sailor. He's in New York. We get this guy laid. We don't have a problem. It's so good. (laughs) It's great. And, like, the... A, the, like, suit effects are awesome. And, like, the way... The The miniature work and the way that it's composited into actual shots of the New York City streets is pretty seamless. Yeah, Yeah, it's especially for, like, what, 84? Yeah, Like, it's really well done. Plus, like, it catches on fire and blows up. Yeah. I love the the look of existential shock on its face when it explodes. Yeah. Yeah. It has genuine emotions. Because it's only been alive for, like, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It is the marshmallow mind of a child. But the the two my two favorite parts of the State Puff Marshmallow Man are when it just pours goop on uh fucking Walter Peck, Walter Peck yeah. and he's just could not be more angry about it. It's like he's been this villain who has endangered all transdimensional space, and at the end he gets the same comeuppance as like a crusty old dean at the end of the <laughs> party movies. Ghostbusters! Uh, that and uh Bill Murray's character who everybody is drenched head to toe in that fucking goop. Bill Murray, a tasteful toft on his head because he refused to be sticky. (laughs) Meanwhile, the actor who played Walter Peck, William Atherton, refused to have goo dropped on him, and they did it anyway. Because <laughs> fuck you, you're not Bill Murray. Oh, Do you guys you guys remember the real Ghostbusters and then oh, Slimer yeah, and the real yeah. Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. Slimer and the real Ghostbusters is when it took a real downhill. Yeah. yeah. But you guys remember that like the State Puff Marshmallow Man was like a recurring character, right? I and remember he, like, him fighting the giant mantis creature at one yeah, point. It, yeah, because it lived. Like somehow they captured him in ghost form and yeah. put him in the containment unit. Yeah. Which we find out when you go inside is like some awful hell dimension yeah. that has its own like weird like cased system. Of it ghosts. is like uh, yeah. what is it? Uh, Bosk? Those paintings of hell? Yeah, yeah like Hieronymus like, Bosk yeah. paintings. Bosch. Yeah. And like I just remember episodes where every now and then, and like he was friendly now. Like they'd go like Slimer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they call up the containment unit and be like, "Hey, how's it going? Stay puff." He's like. Doing good, guys. <laughs> I'm going to have lunch with the ghosts from the Titanic who came in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> An actual line from the show, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was hilarious that, like, that the show just decided that, you know what, he's friendly now. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And they just let him out every now and then to do battle well, with other giant ghosts. I mean, he's adorable. But despite did, the fact that he's like the size of the Empire State <laughs> Building and totally wrecking shit. Although, did you know that uh, J. Michael Straczynski actually created the real Ghostbusters? He was the one, oh. like showrunner for those good seasons. Oh, uh, later he went on to do Babylon 5 and a lot of great comic yeah. book work. Oh, nice. Good for him. 
It is good for him, mm-hmm. Patrick. It is good for him. He got to work with Gary Cole. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Should we all be so blessed in our right? lifetime? Right? <laughs> all right, moving on. Mark, what is your favorite giant cinematic monster? Uh, mine, I will say this. It's not quite to the scale of what you guys are dealing with. Here. These aren't plays, aren't city destroyers. They're more like village destroyers. Mm. And I'm talking about the graboids of from Tremors. That's right. Giant, malicious, uh, uh, thundering worms just tearing their way through the American Southwest and chasing Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward around. Yeah. Hey boss, uh, these monster designs. What are these? How are these monsters gonna hurt dick. anything? They look like dicks. Okay, all <laughs> yeah. right. What are they gonna like? Grab stuff with their dick mouths? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Call them grabos, graboids. <laughs> well, it's crazy because they don't actually name them graboids until Tremors Two. Yeah. yeah. So in Tremors, here's the thing. I'm a big fan of the Tremors movies uh, and all Tremors related ephemera, including the TV <laughs> series. Uh, oh, and right. even the prequel movie Tremors, uh, where it's like 1893 Tremors, like the old west, <laughs> oh, and shit. like and it's still I need to see this, and like Michael Gross is still in it. Michael Gross is the <laughs> only person. My, family ties is Michael Gross is the only guy that's in all Tremors stuff. He's in the TV show, all five movies, and he always plays the same guy, Burt Gummer, the crazy survivalist. Who in the first movie he's married to Reba McIntyre, yeah. and they got their bunker full of guns, and they like kill a graboid, just like shooting it full. Of well, even in the prequel version, in like the 1800s cowboy time, he just plays like that dude's grandpa. Nice. It was like a bowler hat and a suit. It's yeah, they back to the future three yet. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone's just playing their own antecedent. Yeah. And what I love about the Graboids is, aside from the awesome creature design of like these weird, like you know, eyeless like worms with the big bone like uh, mandibles coming out, it's really well done for kind of a low budget like B movie. Yeah, is that in the second Tremors, which I will stand by and say Tremors two is dope as hell uh they evolve and then all of a sudden there's these little like chicken tremors that come out and they like chase after you on foot and then later on the other tremors movies those things evolve and now they can fucking fly (laughs) that's the thing about tremors is you start with big dumb dick worms and they can become anything you want they can become beautiful chicken dick worms flying butterfly dick worms (laughs) Special, uh, uh, well, yeah, now that we've covered that, uh, honorable mention giant monsters. I think we got the, the two elephant monsters in the room, King Kong and Godzilla. Right. Yeah. Do you, does anyone here, John, what's your favorite King Kong? My favorite King Kong is probably King Kong Final Wars. Oh, okay. I was, uh, like in the mid 2000s and it was kind of Toho's last hurrah That's for Godzilla. Godzilla. I asked you what your favorite King Kong was. Yeah, you did. and then yeah, you said exactly. King Kong Final Wars. You did. No, you did. None of this is true. I was thinking of uh... rewind the tape. Chad, what's your favorite King Kong? My favorite King Kong is probably King Kong Final Wars. Oh, okay. I was uh, like in the mid two thousands, and it was kind of Toho's last hurrah. That's for Godzilla. Godzilla. We'll get back to it. Beast Wars. Beast Wars is dope. <laughs> Uh, I think we all learned a valuable lesson, which is I listen to no one, (laughs) including the garbage that dribbles out of my own mouth. (laughs) 
King Kong, you're my favorite King incarnation Kong. of King Kong. I know it's a real controversial pick, but I really like the Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah. I was actually hoping you'd say that because I feel the exact same way. It's it it does it is overly stuffed. I will say yeah. that, but yeah. oh yeah, and, and I don't necessarily mean the movie that surrounds it, just the the representation of Kong himself. Yes, I think it's the best one. Like it's the one that's most actual, like gorilla and ape like. Yeah. but it's still able to emote in a very recognizable ways. Yeah. Without I, being overly humanized. Right. I think that I think that is one of like the great like motion capture performances. They did such a great job, Andy Circus as I like him slip and sliding on that frozen pond in New York. Yeah. That's that was real good. Yeah, like that movie's about an hour and a half too long. Yeah. Because it's like eight hours long. Yeah it is. But yeah. it is perfect to throw in uh, it's it's bad it's a bad cinematic experience. Don't go to a movie theater to watch it ever if like some revival house is like, I got a great idea. Yeah, don't. But like, get it on DVD, and it's a perfect like Sunday afternoon doing chores kind of movie. Yeah, yeah sure. you just watch it in chunks throughout the day. And no, it's you great. sit down when the action stuff happens, and then yeah. once Jack Black starts talking, you start doing your dishes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good rule. Patrick, do you have a favorite representation of Kong? I actually like the original Kong, mostly because I love the claymation biplane shooting his ass off the tower. Yeah, like, that's so satisfying in a gritty. Uh, old school film way. I think what I love is when he wrecks up the L train and you can actually see the animated people falling yeah, out. Yeah, they actually That's falling real. Out. Like, the attention to detail is still pretty oh, incredible. right on. Yeah. The oh. original King Kong is great. And we can all agree that, like, the 1976 Dino De Laurentiis Kong, <laughs> where you can see, like, the skin around the guy's eyes I while he's did. wearing the Kong Ooh, head. Boy. Ooh, boy. There's, like, there's some good parts to it. Uh, Charles Grodin is pretty great in it. Um, but, like, why you decided that Jeff Bridges should headline your monster <laughs> movie is kind of like, meh. Nice. Uh, and I love Jeff Bridges. Uh, I mean, obviously, Godzilla. We all know Godzilla. Godzilla Ooh, Final Godzilla. Wars, a movie that I have not talked about in this entire no, podcast. No, no. Godzilla Final Wars, I actually just rewatched that the other day. It's, it's so on, good. It's insane because all it is is just a series of boss fights of yeah, Godzilla yeah. versus other monsters. And the best part is, it's like, Toho, like, Finally took the time and effort to be like, hey, 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla, fuck you. <laughs> and it has real man in suit Godzilla versus what they call Gino Godzilla in name yeah. only. And they fight and Gino gets his ass whooped. Yeah. yeah. The, what's great is there's even like a line of dialogue early in the movie. Like there were rumors that this creature also attacked New York City, but they were debunked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. really good. And I love how in the midst of all this, the human stories tend to fall into two camps, either really awful, boring, or like a good job of creating context for the giant monsters. This one finds a third way where the human story involves motorcycle kung fu fights. Yes! <laughs> nice. <laughs> against giant monsters, you ask? No. no. Against other humans. <laughs> Their story is just concurrent to the Godzilla wreckage. I love Godzilla 2000 because it ends with uh, literally Godzilla like comes and like eats like the bad guy corporation man yeah. and like walks away and then like on a couple floors down in this de- messed up building a guy like turns to his kid and goes maybe there's a little Godzilla in all of us <laughs> and it's just like thank you movie it's about time no I do I do say Final Wars is my answer with an asterisk that I still have not seen uh, Shin Godzilla yet 
It's, oh, the new one, right. It's yeah. finally coming out on Blu-ray this August, so I'm finally going to get a chance to see it. That movie I have heard nothing but great things about, and it looks amazing. True, yeah. absolutely. No, Godzilla is a vehicle for a cinematic version of the game Rampage. Yeah, yeah. which, which now they're doing. A movie. Oh, fantastic. With Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. Yeah. I can only hope he's playing the giant monkey. No, he's the one fighting the yeah. giant oh, monkey. Oh, right on. Uh, and he's fighting the Kong. Uh, I can't remember it's, the monkey. It's the Kong, the Godzilla, and then there's the, the two wolf others. Man. The yeah. Wolfman. Yeah. Because uh, I remember the 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 uh, the Godzilla character's name is Lizzie in the yes. game, and I can't remember what the other one's names are, but it's probably oh George I think is the gorilla. Yeah. And, George of the jungle. Uh, or Ralph maybe, and then the, maybe Ralph is the werewolf. They've got weird names. Yeah. yeah. Like who? Because they're like people that get like turned into giant kids. Yeah. Because yeah. when you die, you shrink, shrink back, back down. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, walk off naked, and you yeah. hold your crotch so you can't see your junk. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, Rampage. Uh, I do want to say, I don't mention Giant Monster, Worms from Dune. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I'm all about the dick worms today, guys. <laughs> I don't want you to know that. Um, oh, and I like uh, the Cloverfield monster, because maybe I'm misremembering this, but the only time you see him, he just, like, looks over his shoulder like Bigfoot. <laughs> It's yeah, that it's, one it's you kind get, of. Like, you only get like one. Scene yeah, he like of it. turns and looks down at him. He, and like, he like eats. Going. He like eats the camera operator, yeah. and the camera like falls into the grass. And you at the see end it, of the like, movie, yeah. And there's like one shot in like the middle of the movie where you see it like from up high, just kind of like rampaging through. Oh yeah, you do. And get that's that it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of a cool it. monster too. Like, and it's kind of the that monster is sort of like the predecessor of the monster that. Uh, the most the most recent American Godzilla the movie the monsters he fought in that the uh, Mutos, yeah, the Mutos. Yeah. and then also kind kind of as like a, a sort of like forbearance for the uh, kaiju in uh, Pacific Rim yeah, they kind of sure. share some weird alien kind of like DNA there oh uh, God is Pacific Rim another Cloverfield sequel maybe I don't know aren't they all <laughs> yeah. yeah, the way it's going is like Cloverfield. They're not even writing sequels to it. They're just taking over other movies that exist and assimilating yeah. them into the Cloverfield universe. It, it's like how they make Die Hard sequels. Yeah, they just yeah. buy other scripts and say, "But what if it was John McClane?" Yeah. Oh. Well, it's not really you know congruous with this character or any. Yeah. <laughs> they say. That's a that's noted Hollywood refusal tongue right there. But here's the thing. We'll pay you for the script. Well, since you put it yeah, that way. <laughs> Let's get this movie made. <laughs> all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that covers just about all of it. Uh, for Body Counts and Beer, I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am still John Rooney. And next week, we're going to be talking about a Reign of Fire. So stay tuned. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.